Welcome back to the Strong Her Way to Eat, Move, and Live. Here we talk all things food freedom, fitness, and life transformation, helping you heal your relationship to food, exercise, your body, and yourself. Hope you're having a great week so far. Hope you had a lovely weekend. Uh, Today we are pulling an episode from the archives. This episode originally aired last year, but it is such a great concept. It's something that I created for my clients, something that I definitely practice, and I wanted to share with you. It's this idea of structured flexibility. So this is basically taking the power of habits along with that intuitive approach to nutrition, to movement, to your time management, your rest, all of those kinds of things, and marrying the two together. I believe that when we use habits and the power of habits, coupling that with being able to listen to and discern what our body is telling us, we really do become kind of unstoppable in this area, right? Because when we are coming at it from that really rigid, structured place, oftentimes evoked by that diet mentality, that keeps us from being able to listen to our body's cues. However, on the other hand, when we are learning how to discern our body's cues and we're learning how to hear what our body's telling us, sometimes the urge to eat the licorice or the cookies or something like that might be in direct conflict or opposition to another goal or something else that you're working on. So by taking this approach of utilizing the intuitive aspect or that intuitive approach, coupling that with the power of habits, it really is just kind of this great way to approach nutrition, exercise, time management, um, whether or not you should get up and do the workout or actually listen to what your body's telling you and maybe take that rest day or take a nap or something like that instead. So without much more, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Here we go been following me or have been connected to me, then you've definitely seen parts of my journey unfolding, or maybe you you have even already heard me talking about my relationship with food or my body, my weight, uh, and really how it's shifted over these past few years in a big, massive way. I really went from never caring about exercise and not paying too much attention to what I was eating to being overly focused and overly concerned about what I was eating, the calories that were in my food, the calories I was burning, um, my workouts, to the point that it actually became pretty unhealthy, even though I was doing all of those quote unquote healthy things, right? Of like watching what I was eating, of exercising, but definitely that mindset, the mentality, um, just that energy kind of around it was definitely not healthy and uh, was kind of a dark place, if I can be honest. I got really burned out on always planning what to eat, always planning when I was going to eat, doing like that strict meal prepping, focusing on food or my weight or my body so much. It really was like another full-time job. And at the time that I was kind of in this heightened experience, I had two kids that were under five and I was a full-time student getting my degree uh, in exercise science. So needless to say, I literally had a full plate. I had so many different things going on. And then to just really add that extra stress of monitoring every calorie coming in, every calorie going out or tracking macros or those different things it was extremely exhausting. But unfortunately, this is the kind of mentality that is all over the place in the fitness space or in that wellness space. And it can be pretty toxic as you've seen or as you've heard just from my own experience. And likely you've probably even have had some of this experience for yourself as well. Except unfortunately, I think that a lot of us 
kind of feel guilty or we feel maybe ashamed or we feel kind of embarrassed or we're like a failure if we can't get the hang of that disciplined focused lifestyle, right? We kind of look at that as sort of being the goal of being healthy or that means we're fit if we're, you know, if we look a certain way or if we kind of have these certain behaviors or tendencies around our food. And that's not actually the truth. Now, while it am all for us learning to be disciplined and to focus our attention on our goals and to be consistent and to be committed and, you know, to really build habits to support our long-term goals and dreams, I'm not all about the unhealthy side effects that often come when we get too attached and too focused and too disciplined on the calories, on the food, on the exercise, on the number, on the scale. I mean, so often, even now, I see just that, I don't know if it's if obsession is the right word, but there is just so much emotional attachment to the number that we're seeing on the scale. And we feel like, and we are, you know, oftentimes working so hard in the gym or on our workouts or with our food, and we don't see that number budging. It really messes with our minds. It kind of makes us think, you know, what's wrong with me? Why can't I make this work? You know, and and it gets discouraging thinking I'm doing all of the things and I'm not seeing the results. So how do you know if you've kind of teetered over that fine line between being healthy and maybe not so much? If I could put it simply, I would say it's really just kind of accounting for how much time and energy you're spending either thinking about food, your body, your weight, exercise, calories, macros, points, whatever that is for you, what you look like versus what you want to look like. It's just how much time and how much of your energy is going to all of those thoughts, all of those feelings, all of those actions and those behaviors. And how would you say that is impacting your overall life or like what percentage of time and energy are you exerting in that space compared to everything else in your life that matters? When that becomes the primary focus or where we are spending a majority of our time, then I want to offer that those behaviors are no longer really healthy, regardless of what they are, regardless of if it's exercise or eating vegetables, or um, I don't know if I want to say watching what you're eating, but really being mindful and trying to honor your body with food and kind of take care of it with food. It's no longer healthy. And I know that a lot of my clients and listeners come from kind of both sides, either you know, maybe at one point they have at least had that history of being super disciplined and focused either because they were involved in sports as a student athlete or maybe just a part of their history with exercise and food, which is kind of where I come from. Or, you know, and so those people kind of oftentimes end up rejecting the idea of any sort of plan or structure like meal planning or meal prepping Because there's that fear, right? There's that all or nothing thinking to where it's like, I remember how horrible it was being that strict and being that disciplined. And so I don't want to go there again. But other people, other clients that I've worked with have maybe come from that other end of the spectrum, which was kind of like me in my, you know, pre-fitness journey or transformation, or kind of really at the beginning of that, that journey for myself, where I had never really been all that focused on this area. And maybe you aren't either. Maybe this is something that you're like, man, I just keep trying, you know, to get the hang of working out consistently or, you know, making those different tweaks to my nutrition. And it just hasn't kind of clicked for you. So maybe it's more you find yourself just kind of lacking the skill set of meal planning and prepping. And so it seems very daunting, very overwhelming, and just kind of this too big of a task to kind of wrap your brain around. And so then you just don't do it. 
it's like those people on that end, they want to be a little bit more disciplined or consistent, but they just don't know how yet. So I think, you know, there are definitely two different kinds of people. Well, there's lots of different kinds of people, but in this instance, it's like looking at it. So people either reject the idea of meal planning or having structure or doing any meal prep because they're burned out on it. Or it's that confusion and that overwhelm around it and just not really knowing how to do it so it doesn't get done. And I would say definitely like my most recent experience was the former of where it was just I was so burned out on it that I couldn't even imagine like I just was not motivated to meal plan at all or meal prep. So if you are kind of at that place where you think that having some sort of structure or some sort of plan could be beneficial and you're just not really sure where to start, especially if you've kind of have had that sort of disordered relationship with food and with your body and your weight and things like that, this first step is going to be huge for you. And it's really just asking yourself why you would want to do planning or prep again or why you would want to have some structure in your life. I think oftentimes when we're coming from this place of being burned out on too much structure, too much focus, too much discipline around food or exercise, we kind of lose sight of some of the good things or the positive things that came from doing that planning or doing that prepping and just kind of setting ourselves up for success. So really just understanding, you know, why would I want to do this for myself? So notice I didn't say, why would I want to do this to myself? Because again, that sounds, and that kind of gives us that feeling maybe of, you know, we're a victim, we have to do the meal planning or the prep, or we have to be structured rather than why would I want to do this for myself? Why would I want to try to support myself, support my goals by doing a little bit of planning or prep ahead of time? This is going to be super revealing and really help you kind of understand those underlying motives better. Now, when you ask yourself, really notice the language that you're using. Notice if it is a lot of that, I have to, or I can't eat this, or just that language that feels super heavy. And again, it feels like this is something that's being done to you, that's being imposed on you rather than you deciding and choosing to do this on your own free will in order to really set yourself up to be less stressed, to have more time, to not, you know, have to decide at every single meal what you want to eat or, you know, whatever that is for you. The story that you're telling yourself about food and planning and prep is really going to make the process miserable if it is a lot of that. I have to do this or I can't eat this or I have to eat this. Plus, you're not going to be very excited to stick with that plan or that meal prepping, even if it is going to save you time and energy. So really think about that. Just notice like what is kind of that underlying motivation or that energy that you're bringing to this? And is that something that is ultimately kind of stirring you to be excited and inspired to do this for yourself? Or does it feel like something that, you know, your parents are telling you to do or somebody's telling you to do and you feel like you have to do it and you're wanting to just rebel? It's like saying, I want to get up at four to hit the gym or five o'clock to hit the gym, but believing that you'd rather stay in bed, right? So it's like, there's part of you that wants to do the prepping or wants to have a little bit more structure, but if there's that other part of you that's a little bit more stronger, you know, that's a little bit stronger, that's saying, I don't want to do the prepping because I remember all of these things about why I didn't like it or, you know, that season of life when I was super diety and felt really restricted and deprived and this thing controlled me. If that still is that story that's stronger and louder and more predominant, then that's going to overshadow that desire for you to do the meal planning or the prep. Just like if you're saying, I want to get up at X amount of X time to go work out or to go to the gym, but that underlying story 
is stronger of I'd rather stay in bed, I'm not a morning person, I don't want to get up, that underlying story, whichever one is stronger and is louder and more predominant, that's going to be the one that ultimately wins. So just, again, just noticing that language as you're thinking about meal planning or prep and and really talking to yourself about this. And you could apply this to every single area, just like we looked at with exercise or could be spending habits or, you know, how you're spending your time, just noticing, becoming more aware of the stories that you have around all of those different things. So for those of you that have maybe come from more of a disciplined or slightly disordered background with food and exercise, you might be feeling more resistance from wanting to have any sort of plan because you're afraid of going backwards or becoming too rigid again. You're afraid of feeling that deprivation or that restriction. This is all completely understandable. And part of the reason that it might take a while to come back around to it. That was part of the reason for me is I had to kind of step back, step away, really sort out all of my stuff around food, around exercise, around my body to be able to come back to planning and prepping from a more relaxed space and not super rigid and not from kind of that unhealthy space. So if you are experiencing this resistance, just really spend time sorting through all of your past experiences around exercise or food or meal planning or meal prep, and really just notice like, what are all of those thoughts that are coming up for you? So what is it that you think when you think about having a plan or doing some meal prep or having any sort of structure around food, exercise, your time, money, just jot all of those down, get all of those thoughts out on paper. And the reason that I like to do it on paper is number one, it allows us to see it so we can really go back and kind of look at those things. But also when we get our thoughts outside of our heads, it's kind of like we're separating our thoughts from ourselves. And so we can look at them a little bit more objectively and we're not so attached to this being, you know, my story or this being the truth, which is oftentimes kind of how we're reporting things as we're saying it to ourselves, either in our head Or as we're even telling other people, you know, oftentimes we're just kind of replaying and repeating the story that we've heard the most often or that we've told ourselves the most often. And then after that, after you get all those thoughts down, really start to think about how you might be able to rewrite the story for yourself with where you're at now. So noticing that, you know, you have a current story that you're telling yourself about meal planning or prep or whatever you want to insert in here. Once we can get that out on paper, we can see it and then we can start to kind of tweak it and change it. So then you can look at, okay, what's my current story here? What of that story is serving me, but what maybe isn't super useful or isn't supporting me and my goals? And now I'm going to go in and kind of start to make some edits to those stories and kind of make some tweaks there. This reminds me of that show, I think, on Netflix, The Home Edit, where, you know, that process was coming in and kind of looking at the closet or looking at the space that needed to be organized. And then they had to pull everything out of the cupboards or off of the shelves and kind of organize it and just sort through it and sift through it. And it was, you know, some of the stuff they were keeping and they were just going to reorganize or some of the stuff they had to get rid of completely. And so I want you to think about this process in that same way. We're just kind of pulling all of the things out of your brain around whatever topic you're wanting to work on. In this case, for me, it's meal prepping. We're going to pull all of our thoughts out, really see what's happening in there. And then we're going to go through and kind of sift through those thoughts and decide, okay, what do we want to keep? What maybe do we want to keep but needs to be reorganized or um, upcycled, I guess, is like the new 
term for clothes and stuff like that. So just kind of revamping. And then what are the thoughts? What are the parts of that story that we want to actually just completely get rid of? So going back to all the reasons that you're wanting to do this for yourself is going to be huge in keeping you motivated when, you know, life feels busy or you just feel tired just really remembering like what are going to be the benefits of maybe having a little bit more structure or having a meal plan in place or a meal prep, doing it in a way that feels really light, feels really easy, that's structured, but not super rigid. So really asking yourself, like, how can you make this feel light and easy and fun and really like something that you're doing for yourself and not something that you're imposing on yourself that you're making yourself do. And I truly do believe that it really all does come down to our heart. It comes down to the intention or the motive that's behind it driving it. So if you're coming from that place of like hate or disgust and thinking, man, I have to get my body to look a certain way, which oftentimes is kind of what drives like the meal prepping uh, or fear, right? So maybe it's just this like fear of not looking a certain way or fear of looking a certain way. If you're coming at it from any way that sort of feels like you're putting that pressure on yourself or it feels restricted or it feels deprived, then this is going to always feel like something that you're ultimately rejecting because you know what that gets you, right? Because you're afraid or because you're afraid of what might happen, right? So it's like we're rejecting something that we think is ultimately going to hurt us or harm us in some way. So again, you know, it's just checking your heart and just checking, am I coming at this from a place of kind of fear or am I coming at this from a place of love and support for myself? But if on the other hand that we are approaching it from that caring and that nurturing way, more thinking of it like, hey, I'm going to do this to take care of myself, thinking of it maybe the same way that you would take care of your kids or your spouse or a loved one or your best friend, then I think that you can have the structure, you can stay flexible, you can still honor your goals and ultimately, you know, what it is that you're wanting to create in your life overall. But that's going to take you kind of shifting the way that you're approaching it. And only you're going to really know like what's happening in your mind, what's kind of happening in your heart, what's really driving these goals. And Ultimately, it really is not hardly ever about the actions themselves. It's way more about the heart, that motive, the intention that is driving us to take the actions that we are. But for most of us, we want to go in and kind of change the action first, or we want to change the action only, and we're not considering kind of what's happening on that deeper level, like what's happening in our thoughts and our thinking in kind of that habit brain that just is sort of driving the car. And so if we don't ever consider that part of it and we're just trying to fix those outside actions, then that's oftentimes where we get that rub to where those habits aren't sticking or that's where you'll see, you know, it's like, hey, I don't know what's going on. I've been doing so good, you know, quote unquote, for working out. You know, I was doing it every day or, or whatever, following this program, or I was eating, you know, this certain way. And then all of a sudden, you know, COVID happens or a big life event happens or we go on vacation and it completely throws us out of whack and off of our routine. It's because there was kind of this rub or this thing that was happening between the actions that we were taking and ultimately the thoughts to support those habits or those actions weren't lining up. So for most of us doing some sort of pre-planning or pre-game prep, I 
in this case, the meal planning, the meal prep, it can be a super helpful tool. It saves us so much time, even if it does take a little bit of time or a little bit of energy up front, but it saves you that energy because you're not always having to think about what you want to eat moment by moment or when you're starving or when you're hungry. It really does just kind of cut down on the amount of decisions that you're having to make, uh, which reduces decision fatigue, which is oftentimes associated with kind of that decreased willpower. It's the more decisions that we're having to make throughout the day, oftentimes the less willpower people tend to feel. Now, I, of course, don't really advocate for us leaning on willpower. I don't think that that's a useful strategy. To me, it feels like, okay, clench my hands, you know, just white knuckle it through and just like not do the thing or just do the thing. Whereas if, you know, we really are kind of slowing down, taking some time to kind of plan our workouts for the week, plan, you know, maybe a loose schedule of what we want to eat, when we're going to eat it, doing that prepping, it doesn't have to be from that rigid diety place. It can be, hey, I'm just going to decide this stuff ahead of time so that I don't have to spend so much time and energy either thinking about it, thinking about when I'm going to do it, or fighting with myself about doing it or not doing it. And the intuitive part of this process really comes down to still being able to ultimately discern what your body might be telling you moment by moment. Keeping in mind that you don't have to completely stick to the plan that you made, but when you are feeling like abandoning the plan, just ask yourself why. If you put the plan or you meal prepped with love for yourself, then why wouldn't you want to honor that? If, on the other hand, it feels like something you're having to do or you're forcing to do, like you have to eat this way or you have to do that workout, then you for sure might be a little bit more tempted to rebel against yourself. So that is kind of that nuanced practice of giving yourself some grace and some space to make some flexible decisions, but having ultimately a structure kind of in place that helps sort of keep things going smooth, smoothly along uh, for the most part. If you're wondering what I meal prep and about my process, I keep it pretty simple. I tend to eat a lot of the same things and don't really get bored with my food, which is kind of funny. I will always typically cook at least one protein source. So whether that's chicken, beef or eggs or whatever we have on hand. And then I typically make like one or two either grains or starchy veggies like potatoes or rice or something. I think that's what I did this week. And then I like to prep two different vegetables. So for this week, I think I did steamed, uh, not steamed broccoli. I did steamed green beans and roasted broccoli. And then I like to batch cook some oatmeal as well, just because that's kind of a quick, easy breakfast option. And then with all of this stuff, you can just kind of mix and match. And since I don't really do a lot of heavy seasoning, usually it's just salt and pepper, you can really kind of switch up the different flavors, the different spices. So you have a lot of different varieties with just a few pieces. It's kind of like those capsule wardrobes where your wardrobe is pretty simple, but you have a few classic staples that can be mixed and matched in a hundred different ways. And so I want you to kind of think about meal prepping in that same way. And this works for my kids, too, because they'll take it for snacks or they have it for lunches. My husband uses it so we can all kind of benefit from that cooking. So now if I can just get a little help in the kitchen cleaning up, I think we'll be golden. But ultimately, this is about you really finding what works for you, for your lifestyle, for your budget, for the time that you have on hand. 
But I found for myself, if I can get that protein going first or those potatoes in the oven, then I can start in on those other items. So I'll typically kind of cook the rice and the oatmeal at the same time and then get the veggies going sort of halfway through the potatoes and then it all kind of gets done right around the same time. My process, however, doesn't always look the same, but this generally is kind of what works well for me. If you have your own kitchen tips or hacks that you use to make your life a little easier, I would love it if you would share those with me. You can either send me an email, alicia at aliciacarlson.com, or you can message me on social. I'll be sure to put those links in the show notes as well. And if you found this helpful and want to learn more about my non-diet approach and how it can help you reach your health and fitness goals with more peace, more freedom and flexibility, and without the deprivation and restriction, I want to invite you to email me or message me to set up a consult. On that call, you're going to tell me exactly what's going on about your goals, and I'm going to give you a prescription. It's as simple as that. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much for spending your time with me today, and I will talk to you again very soon.